Welcome to In Another's View, a podcast series to engage the community to stand for neurodiversity through the lens of youth. I'm Joshua Cal, your host. Today, I'm very honored to introduce our guest, Olenka Villarreal. Ms. Villarreal is the founder of Magical Bridge Playground in Palo Alto, a Magical Bridge Foundation which creates innovative playgrounds, parks, and programs to help build more inclusive communities. Welcome to In Another's View, Ms. Villarreal. It's an honor to have you today. Thank you, Joshua. The honor is squarely mine. All right, so let's get started. So the Magical Bridge is a welcoming place for everybody. Ms. Villarreal, could you share with us what motivated you to start such a magical initiative? Uh, I'd be delighted to, Joshua. So this started as a result of my own family's need I was a business person in Silicon Valley, like many of your perhaps parents and their friends. My second daughter, Ava, was born with some disabilities, and I was looking for a local playground that I could take both of my kids to, Emma and Ava, also Pally graduates, and was not looking for a special needs playground or another playground, but just one that would be right for both of them. And they simply didn't exist. And so the city of Palo Alto suggested that I, a parent with no experience in playgrounds, design the kind of playground this community would benefit from. And I was up for the task. And that's um, why I created Magical Bridge, to show by example that you can create a place that's thoughtful for everyone. And it doesn't have to feel like it's a special playground, but one that welcomes everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for designing this inclusive playground. And I'm sure your daughters can play there now together. And um, I know that me and my brother, we also play there a lot together. So really seeing that come full circle for you. Good, I'm happy to hear it. So I guess you kind of touched on it a tiny bit, but um, you mentioned that you weren't an experienced playground designer. So how how did you come up with like the specific designs and structures that we see in the Magical Bridge? And how was it funded for? Mm. Yeah, so I um, brought my experiences to this opportunity, which means that I had big business experiences, um, a lot of startup experiences, I have an MBA in marketing, so I sort of took, I feel, my life's work and poured it into this project, which was all about starting something new, rallying support from community members, finding people that believed in what I was doing to the point where they could help me fund it. Um, The playground, when we um, did this project, it ended up being about $4.2 million dollars. And almost all of that money came from the community. Um, We got a little bit from the city of Palo Alto, but they gave us the land. And I did a lot of research. And because we were paying for it privately, it allowed me the opportunity to sort of dream big and really consider people that are typically forgotten on the playground, parents who might be wheelchair users, Um, kids that have different disabilities like autism and other things that make them different that these playgrounds didn't work for. So I started with the idea for my own family, but very quickly 
recognized how many people right here in our community were completely left out of an experience as important as a playground when you're growing up. Yeah. And now I just kind of wanted to transition. The common theme behind the Magical Bridge, like you've just mentioned, is including everybody and making sure that everyone, whatever abilities or however they come off as, that they can have a place to play and to just be included. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, Ms. Villarreal, what does neurodiversity and inclusion mean to you? Mm. Right. So I have long felt that we all want to be included. I actually don't love the word inclusive because I want to be included and I bet you want to be included too. We don't have inclusive grocery stores. We don't have inclusive um, Nordstrom stores. So for me, it's a personal rub. And I know it's, you know, it's just a general thing that when we hear the word inclusive playground, well, what does that even mean? Right. It means everyone. It means, um, you know, we live in an area where the whole valley was built on neurodiverse people that have skills in different ways. Some people might be more skilled in the social, in the emotional, in the, you know, technical. So to me, the whole word of neurodiversity means we respect everyone exactly how they are. And that also means the way you were born the way you are today and the way you are going to be growing old, those are three different perhaps ways that you're presenting yourself, right? So regardless of who you are, how you present to the world, um, there are also these situational things that happen in our life that may change the way we are, neurodiversity speaking, right? You could be, you know, temporarily disabled, which makes you neurodiverse, in a way that it wasn't the way you were born, right? So my point is, um, we are all different, which makes us unique. And so as a result, um, there should be thoughtfulness about everyone at every stage of our life, I, I should say. So neurodiversity is healthy. It's part of who we are. And I think calling it out, I know that's the, the thing we are all doing. But I'm not sure if it's necessary. I think we want to just make sure that when we do things, we're honoring everybody's uniqueness, I should say. Yeah, I, I love the part where you kind of tied it into, you know, it's each of us are uniquely, it's it's neurodiversity, but it's also we're unique and we're special in our own way. And I was wondering... Mm-hmm. For I mean, I feel like it's common knowledge that we know it's important and it's good to have inclusion. But I feel like sometimes it can be more talk than action. Why is inclusion, and I, I'm sorry if I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but mm-hmm. why is inclusion necessary and truly beneficial for everybody? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think that's a great question. And um, I'm also going to piggyback onto what you're saying. And what is really astounding to me, uh, now that I'm really, really part of this world, I should say, of, you know, working at the foundation and so on, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, all that has been 
re sort of surfacing as a buzzword, but people with varying abilities and disabilities really are continuing to be left out of that conversation. And, um, you know, it's important to honor people's differences as well as their similarities. But at the same time, we have created so many different ways to differentiate ourselves. You know, we look at our gender, we look at our race, we look at our income. And I think the world is always looking for new definitions of how we can sort of identify which lane we want to travel in, right? Mm -hmm. But I propose that the fewer labels that we have, the better off we're going to be because sometimes, you know, if you have a member of your family that is neurodiverse, it affects the whole family, right? Like I was not part of this world until Ava was born, but now that she is now 20, you know, it affects everything my family does. So um, I think there's a lot of fluidity in the kinds of people that are living among us, people we care about, and we want to be thoughtful so that we can all go to the same places. So I'm of the opinion that the less we label each other, you know, the better off we'll be and and reasons to be including ourselves versus excluding ourselves. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I really liked your point about um, having less differentiation factors, if that's how you pronounce it, because mm-hmm. I feel like that really echoes what the magical bridge is doing. Um, the mission statement is like, um, all adults, everyone with all unique abilities, disabled, young, um, neurodiverse, they can all come and just simply enjoy and play at the magical playground and just thank you so much for what the magical playground does mm-hmm. it's, it's a really warm and lively playground and I'm, I'm sure that it has changed many people's outlook on life so Miss Villarreal how has building and designing and being around this magical playground changed your outlook on life mm. That's a great question. Um, Well, it's changed my life tremendously in the sense that my daughter, Ava, who is physically um, the size of a 20-year-old, but developmentally, she's probably at a one-year-old level. And so what what the Magical Bridge has done is it has created a sense of awareness about people in our community that don't fit into a very neat box and they aren't, you know, exactly as everyone else. And so many of those people have been able to come out and enjoy a place like Magical Bridge. I think that we've seen over the years, a lot of people being surprised that our playgrounds are so poorly designed, even for typically developing, if you will, kids. So I think the awareness where we go is really a ripple effect. People think they're doing right with the designs. I know cities think they're designing playgrounds to be inclusive in the spirit of the law. All the playgrounds in Palo Alto meet the code that's required to build playgrounds, but it isn't passing the code for most people that live in the community because um, with people that do have disabilities, only about 10% are wheelchair users. So what does that mean? It means 90% of people with a disability don't use a wheelchair. They have neurodiversity. Many of them have neurodiverse differences, which 
make the world different to them. And there's no one that tells you as a designer that you need to consider those people too, which is where we find ourselves in an innovative position to, to do better with each playground because nobody, amazingly, nobody is doing this work yet. And so we show by example that when you build a place that is welcoming to everyone, you get the people coming. Like you indicated, there are some playgrounds around Magical Bridge that are very different. Magical Bridge is the Palo Alto one is really tucked away. You don't see it off the street. And we still get 25,000 guests a month. I mean, that's more than some playgrounds get, you know, certainly in five years around Palo Alto, they sit idle. So it has changed my life tremendously. It's actually, you know, created a whole new path for me. I'm doing the foundation work and it's been personally very rewarding, but it, it also is astounding that it's still not being done everywhere. So throughout your experiences, have you had any unforgettable stories that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I, I appreciated that that you posed that question for me to read and think about. You know, I have had countless great stories. And I mean, on any given day, I would probably think of something that that would be tremendously meaningful but um you know one story that that comes to mind is that when we opened the palo alto playground we heard from a group of um teachers that that work with third and fourth graders out of morgan hill and they were so excited about magical bridge because none of those kids had ever been to a playground um, that many of them were cognitively, you know, fine, but they had some physical disabilities, which they were using a breathing tube out of. So most of our parks have loose parts, tan bark, sand, that is a matter of life and death. And so the community raised money for a van, and now they come up and they play at the Magical Bridge Playgrounds. But, you know, not having ever been on a playground, you know, when you're in fourth grade, I mean, think of what you miss out on the connections, the community friendships, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we have, there's magic that happens almost daily and I'll just share one more with you not to go on, but you know, one night I was at, at the playground and there were about four adults in wheelchairs that were having the time of their life. And I asked who they were. And one of them said they had just flown in from London and the other lived in San Francisco and two more were visiting. So four adults in wheelchairs. And they said, when we landed, we wanted to come play here because we didn't have a place when we were growing up to play. And we can't imagine what our lives would have been like if we had a playground that we could have gone to play. And so they were rolling around. They were doing all this stuff. They were probably in their late 20s. So, you know, the impact... I mean, it's just staggering that we can't do better. That I appreciate you sharing that story about the full adults, and that that's yeah. just really awesome. And mm -hmm. just for me, it, it touches my heart to see just imagining the picture of you know, for and was it at night too, like or. Yeah, they came at night because they. I was there. It was probably eight 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 p.m. I was there for a totally different reason. The playground was pretty empty, and there they were, four adults just having the time of their life in wheelchairs, because they didn't have it growing up. And you know, unfortunately, 
there's not enough of these kinds of playgrounds. So as a foundation, we are, um, since we opened, I know you're not asking, but since we opened, we have opened um, seven magical bridge destination playgrounds, and we have 11 more under contract right now um, and are redoing the Palo Alto schools. We're starting El Carmelo um, now. So trying to show by example that you can do better. And I know that hearing these heart-touching stories and hearing about how you started this initiative, I'm sure that our listeners right now are wondering, hmm, how can I spread this inclusive, uh, mm-hmm. this warmth and this awesomeness and um, magic, magic from mm-hmm. the Magical Bridge? So how can our listeners mm-hmm. in their respective lives and communities help spread this warmth and inclusion from the magical bridge. Well, that's awfully nice. Well, first of all, if any of your listeners happen to be looking for community service hours, look no further. We have awesome kids that are part of our kindness ambassador program. And um, we are all over, not just Palo Alto, but, you know, we're in Redwood City and Sunnyvale and, and coming to communities kind of close by. But, you know, for the Pali and Palo Alto group, we have lots of wonderful ways to get involved. But, you know, I would say that in general, how can you spread it? You know, just the fact that you're li- whoever is listening to you right now, Joshua, is clearly concerned or interested in being a better citizen, a better more welcoming community members. So whoever's listening, you know, already gets a gold star, but really my, you know, you're, you're a young um, leader now, I should say in this world. And no matter what your age, no matter what someone's career choice or interest, I mean, no matter what the abilities that your listeners have, you know, my, my message is that really everybody, everybody deserves to be included in their communities in the programs, um, in the friendship groups. I mean, if you're walking around campus and you notice something could be done differently, you don't have to be an expert. You just, if you come with the intention to doing a little bit better, it's better than doing nothing. Um, You know, like my daughter, Emma, when she was at Pally, she created a kindness corner over there with her friends. And it was a place that people could sort of reflect and they did a table and some chairs with kind messages. Um, Sadly, it was vandalized recently. But what I'm trying to say is it could just be a smile to a student that might be feeling left out. It could be, um, you know, just saying that, you know, you're welcome here. I mean, the moral of the story is everybody wants to be included. The person that you are next to today may have a reason that, you know, a month from now, God forbid, they're in a ski accident and their legs don't work the same way. And now that good friend of yours is using a wheelchair. I mean, that's the story of many people's lives when they change the way their body presents and then the society treats them very differently. Um, so the moral of the story is what people can do is treat everyone the way you would want to be treated and the world would be a much better place. You know, when in doubt, I talk to the younger kids, you know, and they say, oh, well, what do we do when we see somebody in a wheelchair? Well, what you can do is you can make eye contact and smile and say, hi. I mean, many people just feel invisible, um, and don't feel part of their, communities and i think at a minimum just 
being kind would do better than um, than I think we realize. The kindness is really something that everybody can participate in. Yeah, thank you so much for that heartwarming message. And I, I just, I really, I really love that. Just a little kindness, a little compassion doesn't need to be like the biggest thing in the world, but just yes. a little compassion and kindness can go a long way. So right. now time for you to uh, give us some final words of wisdom. Oh, I'm sorry. Before that, we'll say what's in store for the Magical Bridge coming up and plans of expansion to other cities, etc. Well, as a matter of fact, um, we do, like I said, we have about 11 projects underway, including several in Singapore, um, New Zealand, and um, we are very excited that our work has gotten noticed um, really around the world. So we are overcommitted. We we are not able to take on any more projects at this time. However, we are doing two great projects for East Palo Alto, our neighbors, and they actually aren't even playgrounds. They're large spaces that we're reimagining to be inclusive of everyone, including older adults in the community. And so wherever we go, we bring our message of kindness, which includes making sure that barriers, physical barriers disappear, which is where the social barriers start to melt a little bit and we all grow up in the world that welcomes us no matter who we are and how much money we make. And a playground is still that place. Everyone comes together. Um, and so that is ultimately what we're doing and excited about it as well as, Oh, I, I will make a plug. One more thing we're doing that I'm excited about is we are doing a learning lab. We're putting a magical bridge in at Foothill um, community college. And it will have some curriculum and some programming and um, certification programs that they're going to be doing there as well. Oh, well, I'll be looking forward to that. And now, lastly, Miss Villarreal, it's time for final words of wisdom. For all of our listeners, what would your final words of wisdom be for them today? Well, my final words of wisdom would be for them to listen to your podcasts <laughs> and find ways to connect with young people like yourself, because this is where the change happens. These are steps uh, in the right direction and conversations that you're having with people like myself. Um, you know, when you get back to campus, being able to perhaps look at that person that's in, you know, the, the special ed class a little bit differently. And maybe when you run across somebody on campus, you know, maybe you'll give them a smile and say, have a good day today or whatever, you know, it's small steps, but it does make a difference. So my final words of wisdom is just to, you know, I'd love one day for us to stop using the word inclusive because ultimately we all want to be included I think that we should do better, but until we do, I think anything is better than nothing. So my work started just with this awareness that our playgrounds were not meeting the needs of a lot of people, and I did the best I could. I'm still researching and doing better. Um, there's more we should be doing, but it's better than what's being done. So I feel like, you know, we're getting there. and. Um, 
just make the world welcoming for every body. Everybody means every body. I love that. Welcoming for everybody. And thank you, Miss Villarel, for all of your work with the Magical Bridge. And just, I really love the heartwarming message today about just giving a, a little smile or um, a little kindness and seeing how far that can really go. Yeah. And thank you for your time and best of luck with the Magical Bridge initiatives coming up. And I would love to reconnect with you soon. And best of luck to you, Joshua. You're well on your way. You're doing your own magic. And thanks for all the good work you do. Miss Villarreal's message is amazing. I especially loved Miss Villarreal's message of spreading warmth and kindness. And I would encourage all of our audience to go out of their comfort zone and look for opportunities to spread warmth and kindness to all people around, regardless of age and ability. Miss Villarreal's story started with a mom, two daughters, and a playground need. It spread into such a community phenomenon that has benefited so many families in the Bay Area and inspired people globally. I hope that we can all become kindness ambassadors in our own communities. As pointed out by Miss Villarreal's Magical Bridge Foundation, we dream that one day soon, we will no longer need to specify inclusive or accessible when creating something as vital as a playground. Be the change. What's your takeaway? In another's view, we stand for neurodiversity. Signing out.